0: Log Talk Radio Wow That
1: puts you in the mood Definitely puts you in the mood <laughs> Hi It is Friday night On the Witching Hour Spellcast And you know it is not Hedera, your favorite enchantress. It is Hedera Light, faux Hedera. <laughs> it's Hammet. Um, Hedera is still trying to get a handle on Hedera things, and she asked me to step in um, for tonight, and we'll be talking about family. The family that is drawn together, the family that you choose, the family that happens. We're talking about the Laughing Brook Coven, uh, what ritual looks like, uh, what we we condemn and celebrate, and why why this is what's so important right now. Why are pagan communities so important right now? Um, As we're waiting for guests from the coven to show up... Um I'm going to play around with the music. Here. Ooh, I love that music. <laughs> I'm going to bring it all the way down. Um I, I've got the 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 person behind the scenes, Bradwick. Um I don't know if I'm gonna call him out. I wanna thank him ahead of time though, for uh, for doing the engineering and the button pushing. I really do appreciate you.
0: So Oh well thank uh, you. Thank I, you, Pammy.
1: No problem. Thank you. Um, I wanted to also, um, I guess, while we're waiting for people to call in, it would be a good time to go ahead and just mention, this is not on the uh, topics of the day, but it's something that we probably should mention, that today is the uh, National Trans Day of of Remembrance. Um, So we know how in our in our community we're far more i you know i i don't know how i would put it i think we're far more in tune with how gender and gender identity is fluid um and how it, different ways of expressing it so i um, i don't want to say that everybody in the pagan community is is uh is trans-friendly I would love to say that wouldn't you Bradwick
2: yeah I mean yeah and I do think it needs more recognition too by the way so thanks for saying thanks for thanks for calling it out because I think it is something that's
0: overlooked
1: um and the thing that is uh important is that that Trans folk have been part of culture all cultures since there were since there were people to be honest um, whether however they were expressed during whatever time and culture they were in it's not something new but what is new hopefully is um, is more of an understanding and and I don't want to say more of an acceptance because like I said, in the past and in certain cultures, it is far more accepted, but in our culture right now, I, I'd like to have more recognition. Um, again, during November, usually there is a, you know, a trans visibility week, more of a trans transgender awareness week, um, to, to help raise the visibility of transgendered people. Um, And today, again, like I said, is the Transgender Day of Remembrance. It's an annual observance on November 20th to give a little bit of a history. It was started in 1999 by a transgender advocate, Gwendolyn Ann Smith, as a vigil to honor the memory of Rita Hester, who was a transgender woman who was killed in 1998. Uh, the Vigil commemorated all the transgender people who uh, who are lost to violence since Rita Hester's death. And to begin the important tradition, it has become an annual Transgender Day of Remembrance. Maybe if we have time at the end, I'll play um, a song that I really like from a, a trans pagan artist, Alexander James Adams. Um, but that I just read from the org website. Um and it, it is an important an important thing to to recognize. We have we have the Neve with us. Hi, I'm calling her out, putting her on the spot. <laughs>
2: Hello.
1: <laughs> Hello. 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 How are How? you? I I am doing. I am three weeks into being married, so I'm doing pretty Ooh. good. <laughs> Uh, we got hand on yeah well you know I did it right in the middle of the election and I've I've been working really hard on the election so the election in North Carolina was certified on the Friday the 13th for the most part so the last thing I did was on Friday the 13th election wise and so it's I'm still kind of in a I don't know, in this phase after the election. Um, I think a lot of people are a little bit, I, I, I don't think they should be as ungrounded and unsure of what's going to happen as I think people are. I think that the forces are working to keep us ungrounded and not on sure mm-hmm. footing. But the results are the results. Numbers are numbers. And mm-hmm. yet you, you can't undo it And no, he did not have the biggest inauguration in history. And no, there were not a million people marching on the streets of D.C. last week. So um, thank you for participating in the process. If you voted, um, you know, even if your person didn't win, thank you for participating in the process, in the process. Um, Any thoughts on that, Neneh? Um, I don't know. I think that my
3: thoughts and feelings uh pretty much reflected what everybody else was um feeling, or at least people who were uh of our same political mindset. but I mean, I was just had my breath held the entire time, like as the state numbers came in um and a lot of people got very discouraged early on uh, when the numbers started coming in, the people, it, the country is a bit more red than we would like, but we had to remember that the mail-in ballots were going to be the big, where all the big blue numbers were. Um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my experience was basically everybody else is just holding my breath waiting. And now we see what's going to happen. Um, well, not that we see what's going to happen, he, he, Biden is president elect, and we know that that yes. is a like verified, like nothing That's else. That's a done deal.
1: Yeah.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Um, and any kind of iffiness, like you said, any iffiness that we feel is like there on purpose. It's not something that, yes, is, it's not created in a vacuum. That is created, that is a, an actual man made thing that we are experiencing. It's a it's it's it is a strategy, a strategy and, and we are feeling the effects of it and but like we also have to keep in mind that like there's no evidence whatsoever that like there there's no way that uh, no. he's going to be able to stay in uh in office i am excited to i don't know about excited i am anticipating his uh many ploys and many ploys and like many strategies that he's going to tr- I don't even know if you want to call them strategies they're not really that well
1: thought out they, they are um they are actually I'm, i and I'll tell you why is it in 2016 I was telling people that it didn't matter who won he was going to sow discord and and that's what he's yeah. done that's what his job has been he is yeah. here to sow discord And uh, in 2016, if he was going to lose, which he honestly didn't think he was going to win. Everyone on the, in the inner circle says that he, he, he thought he had no chance of winning, but he, he squeaked by, he did. And this is the strategy he was going to do in 2016. So Mm -hmm. this is, they just pulled, they just dusted off what, what was going to happen in 2016. So just understand that the process works, the process needs to be fixed, I will say mm-hmm. that. Um, here in North Carolina, I feel that after 10 years of unconstitutional elections, and when I say unconstitutional, I don't just throw that out there as a you know hyperbo- hyperbole. Um, the elections here in North Carolina, because of the way the districts have been drawn and the way the, that certain votes have been suppressed we've been going through 10 years of that. This is supposed to be our first election since then. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I worked on the election, the one thing that we were told is North Carolina is the swingiest of swing states because it's so Mm -hmm. close to 50, 50. And if you go Mm -hmm. to the state board of elections website to see the election results, you're going to see exactly that. You're going to see that Mm -hmm. there is no big, huge margin, unless you look at regional. Like if you look at an area that's mostly blue, like some of the cities or, you know, the county I live in, which is predominantly red, it's like 60 60 to 70% red to 25 to 30% blue. Um, Those are no surprises. But statewide, I'm... Did you know that there's a recount for the uh Chief Justice here in the North Carolina Supreme Court because mm-hmm. what is it there's like uh I'm trying to do this in my head okay, okay, so I'm doing uh four hundred and one votes <laughs> separating the two mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's interesting to see what's gonna happen. Um, all I can say is the process is working like it should. We just have to um, get on top of for next time if you want different results. I'm, I'm just glad that there were so many people participated. Um, speaking of participation, thank you for, for a little bit of a, the, the, the entrance to talk about, you know, what has been going on in – in this country, um, what the, everybody focused on the election, I'm really stunned now. Now that we have the winner, um, half of the the news is the shenanigans of the loser, who's going to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the half of half of the news is the shenanigans, and the other half is is the, the spike of the virus and all the news stories about how, how it's rising. The rates of, of the virus and infections are rising so quickly and how more and more is coming out to tell us, don't get together for Thanksgiving. Don't get together for, you know, for, well, let's let's put it into into our um into our world. We can't get together for ritual like we used to like we usually do. Yeah. I mean I'm trying I you know, I've done some stuff online with ritual and maybe maybe that might be something that, that um Hadera can do as we get maybe closer to Yule. Maybe, maybe do an online uh, but right <laughs> now Gazentite. <Gesundheit. Sorry>. Um <laughs> I, I I want I I don't know if you want to give an update on on her uh, you can but just uh, we it's very strange how the the universe brought us together that we have the same genetic you know screw up yeah. <laughs> superpowers yeah. the genetic superpowers but one of the genetic superpowers we have is. Um, just weird reactions to things, and it could be something as weird as um, uh, I'm trying to think of something benign. Can you think of something Banana. benign, Neve? A- Bananas. Um, for me, I am uh, so the way I explain it
3: to people, especially when they don't know any kind of medical terms and they have no kind of training whatsoever, or don't have acts, or don't have any experience of any chronic illness. Um, What I say is in a normal person, um, like a a normal person with, like, say, a peanut allergy, um, there's one specific thing that their mast cells or their white blood cells will attack, and that's peanuts, and that creates, like, an allergy-type reaction, but for us, our mast cells or white blood cells are much more paranoid, and it's like tinfoil hat (laughs) society, so they'll attack anything (laughs) and everything, and so we will be allergic to ridiculous stuff, like I am very, very allergic to um, alcohol types. So wine specifically, I'll like swell up immediately. It's very hard to breathe and I have an anaphylaxis reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and sesame seed oil is one of them. But the thing about this condition is that the allergy can come and go. So yep, if we have an anaphylaxis reaction One month, maybe the next year, we won't have that, but we can't know that because if we have an anaphylaxis reaction, we're not going to try it again. Um, Right. Yeah, which is very strange. So sesame seed oil is a a come and go for me. Um, I'm very allergic to MSG, um, uh, chocolate as well. Um, The thing mm. that... Yeah, cho- so chocolate and wine are the ones that people are like, "Oh my God, you poor human!" I'm just like, you just remove it from your diet. It's not something that's yeah. really hard to uh, discover. Like peanuts are some are a more sneaky food. Like they're more sneaky allergens. Um, gluten is a more sneaky allergen, but wine yeah. and chocolate are not very sneaky. You can you can pretty much always tell if there's any kind of alcohol or chocolate in something. Um, sesame seed oil, do you know, MSG, you can usually
1: tell. Do, do you know my, my one that everyone goes, ooh. So you've got yeah, chocolate, yeah. you've got wine, I've got bacon, people. Bacon. <laughs> Ham, well, lunch meats, but I bacon... vegetarian, so... <laughs> oh, see, it doesn't, yeah, that's not that big of a deal for you. And I'm, I never <laughs> really liked bacon, but then mm. I got into a... a a period in my life that I thought, okay, it's not too bad. And, and there are like times that I would crave a BLT, but, it's and true. I don't it's miss true. it when, when you get to the point where, where you can, where eating something will send you to the emergency room and you can't breathe and you think you're going to die. You kind of weigh <laughs> the benefits of, I think I can do without, I, I actually lost a job because I ate a pop, hot pocket. I ate a ham and cheese mm-hmm. hot pocket and I lost a job you, because of it. You lose the job though? What's the justification? Because I didn't show up. I mean, I called up and oh. I had a doctor's note and everything, but um, I lived in a, in a, out will state, which is, mm-hmm. you know, why we need to vote. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if they yeah. didn't like your hair color, they could just, you know, you're fired. So, um, and it it there
3: that, is it was mm-hmm. Oh what I was gonna say, um one of the weirder ones that people don't realize that you can either even be allergic to is you can be allergic to your own uh like neurological chemicals that you produce.
1: Yes.
3: And that's one that I have a very, very difficult time with and so I have to regulate my moods and my health and my sleep because I can actually uh and literally be allergic to a state of being which is very very difficult thing to manage and so i have to make sure it's one of the biggest incentives to keep up with my mental health because i can have an anaphylaxis reaction to not taking care of myself um
1: you are preaching to the choir. (laughs) <laughs> that's why that's my that is why I'm agoraphobic. You know, when I yeah. go places, I start getting nervous and I get stressed, and and it's frustrating because a lot of doctors and this is something that Hedera has recently run into. When you go to see the doctors, they don't know about this. They they it's it's because and you know they call us zebras. Because when they when you go to medical school, they teach you as a doctor, if you hear hoofbeats, you don't think zebra. So yeah. we're zebras, you know. So if you mm-hmm. hear hoofbeats, you better believe zebra unicorns, baby. <laughs> um, yeah. And we we have these really weird reactions, and so when I have an anxiety attack that triggers a mast cell attack. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got some doctors that are like, Oh, it's just anxiety. I'm like, No, no, <laughs> no. I need a no. I need a IV of Benadryl, please. Yes.
3: Oh Benadryl. Oh Benadryl. Yeah. So all the Benadryl. What and Go
1: ahead. So about mom? <laughs> well, I was gonna say what what happens is one of the analogies they use with, with what's going what happens with us is if you get if you start having these reactions, your mast cells, which are guardian cells, um, and they mm-hmm. they freak out at this, you know, hey, bananas, ah, bananas, and then and then somebody adds strawberry, and you're not usually you don't usually react to strawberries, but they're like, oh, they're like bananas, they come with bananas, oh, strawberries. Um, mm-hmm. when your mast cells are freaking out, they freak out quite and they they freak out quite frequently it, it's hard to get them under control and that's what um we're working well i say we're I'm, I'm trying to to help out with with what advice i can give um but i know that that's like what you guys are fighting 24 7 there is trying to get hedera's mast cells calm down um yeah and she's um
3: a lot of, I think, a really big misconception about anaphylaxis is that it can be solved in, like, a matter of, like, minutes to hours, and that can be the case for, like, um for other types of allergies, but in a mass cell thing, it is a cascading situation, and so mm-hmm. she's been having this anaphylaxis reaction, I think, for about a month and a half now. Yeah,
1: or it's been really rough. If-
3: at, at least a month, and when it's been that long, it's that life-threatening, and I don't mean to scare people, but it's really that big a problem, um, like, pulse ox is a very big thing, because it's like, when, you're, um, when your lungs and all of your airways start closing up, the your pulse ox drops and that's like the really, really scary part. So you have to have oxygen on you, but when people don't believe that your condition is even real or they think it's hysteria um oh, it's just anxiety. So factors. Anxiety so there's a lot of Yeah. There's a lot well, of awfulness that goes into it. There's a lot of sexism that goes into it. Just because oh, this yeah, condition is statistically going to affect much more women. And statistically it also and, affects more women of color. So there's a lot of... And also uh, the,
1: when you add the women into it, it's hormonal too. That's, yeah. So and, we're and, allergic
3: to our hom-
1: <laughs> hormones as well. Right. Uh. Um. So, one good things that that are happening. Uh, i I talked about my anxiety and that some doctors think that the issues I'm having are anxiety. I got lucky and got an appointment with a doctor who specializes in this stuff. I went to see him on the first visit. He listens. He's a good doctor. Um I breathed into something for him, not thinking too much about it, and then he comes rushing into the room and says, "Normal." For this, a normal rating for this is 10. At 20, we start worrying. At 30, we have a problem. He says you were well over 100, so that's not anxiety. But the mm-hmm. reason I'm telling you this is he's the first person to that knew to take that test and knew, and he knows about mast cells. And Hedera, I I suggested that she makes an appointment with him, and they have one coming up. It's going to be a while because a lot of people need to see him, but that's, I don't know if I'm telling too much information, but what I'm trying to say is focus on, if you want to send healing energy to, to to Hedera, um, I would think that the, if I were to visualize, I would try to visualize calming, like if you can visualize guards and tell the guards that we're not at war and we're not at war with ourselves. um try to calm the Mm
3: guards whenever I'm doing that kind of meditation work sometimes it's difficult for me to um focus on like a dialogue so 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 what I end up doing is focus on like a sensory feeling and so for Mm -hmm. me what I've been Uh, focusing on is like the feeling the the cooling calming feeling of like putting aloe vera on a on a burn yes like that feeling to me is the one that like because when I have my anaphylaxis there's nothing in the world that could like help the burning and the itching and the inflammation Mm -hmm. that just covers my face and my scalp and my throat and so i ha- I focus on the tactile feeling of like mm-hmm. cool and calming and just not even like when you think of flames, not even trying to like suffocate the flames with like a blanket or anything, but I think of a a purposeful um, cooling thing because aloe will suffocate the flame but also cool and provide healing and. That that tactile feeling is um, what I what I think about. Sorry, I keep repeating myself.
1: No, that's okay. Um, just so people understand, anaphylaxis and anaphylactic shock. Anaphylactic shock is usually the last stage of it. Anaphylaxis yeah. could be something as uh, you know a sneeze, a, you know, a itchy, a little bit of a rash. That's a very low grade anaphylaxis, And unfortunately a lot of our medical professionals don't even know that. They only think of anaphylaxis yeah. as and and this is a I'm not trying to, to belittle or, or 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 say again, hyperbolic, I'm not really into, into mm-hmm. that. I will tell you that that when it comes to mast cells, um, it's and even our our genetic condition, the the diagnostic criteria for our gener- our, our condition was re- totally redone in 2017. And mm-hmm. the mast cell component of it um, that's been within the last 10 years that people have been looking at mast cells and what mast cells can do. Um, mm-hmm. So unless the doctors are, are specialists in those fields, and are willing or are willing to learn and most of all, who will listen to us. um, It's, it's hard to, to find. So if anyone wants to put some really good energy out there, uh, have energy that this doctor, um, his his name is, 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 is light person or the person from the light mountain. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say it in, in English but it's <laughs> like but, but, but it is his, so think of him as, as a person who can bring, who can, uh, you know, try to focus on, on getting, if you want to help Hadera out, try to focus on, on calming her reactions to things, uh, because now that she's reactive, it's mm-hmm. a fight to get her, Um, I think I started explaining it. It, We see this analogy of a pitcher, like not a picture, but a pitcher that you pour water out of. Um, Mm. And when we have like hay fever, well, normally we, you know, this is normal people. Normally there's nothing in the pitcher, but you get uh, near a cat and you might be slightly allergic to a cat. Uh, It might get a little bit in it. And then it's, you know, hay fever season and you get more. Uh, then all of a sudden a herd of cats come to you and and people are throwing you in the hay, whatever. It's as the pitcher fills, that's how your reactions get. And it's to a point now that her her mast cells are just totally on guard that mm-hmm. we have to try. To, what I get this really weird reaction on my... Um, on my arm in the crook of my arm that I got over 10 years ago. So that's how I can tell if I have, if I'm having a reaction, <laughs> mm-hmm. if the crook of my arm starts itching. Um, I just noticed that we are actually on, um, I, I would, I guess I would call it borrowed time. So we don't know how long the show is going to last. So we need to do um, what, Hedera wanted us to do in this show because family, the reason I'm asking you for help is I know that a lot of people are concerned about Hedera. And we've talked about um how you know we've got the virus out there. Um and a lot of people are concerned about their own well being. And I'm getting comments and and, and stuff from, from my friends too, saying, you know, how how alone um, people can feel because we we have to stay distant and we're social animals. We're social beings. And the reason that you have covens and you have pagan communities is so you can have that exchange of energy. And it's how do you do that now? How, how do you do that? Um, I should we bring, all three of our guests on, do you think at the same time?
2: Yes. I I think that would be a good idea.
1: Okay. I will introduce Laurel and Saoirse and Eamon. Um, Thank you all for being here tonight. And we'll talk about, uh, about the laughing Brook. um, House Laughing Brook, the community, um, and you know, and and try to do what we can to bring as much of that energy into the show, and also to help help with Adara's <laughs> well being too. Because like Neve was saying, and I said, is your anxiety and your your mental state adds a lot to how how we react. Um, so welcome, Laurel, Cirsha, Emma. Hello, hello.
0: Hi.
1: Hi. Um, Hi. I don't know exactly who to start with. Um, but whomever would like to to give a little bit of the history of the group. Does anyone um, have anything um,
0: about them? a village or coven or? Where do you want to start? Like? Where do we want to start? Let's do the coven. Well, let's do let's let's start
1: with the. Do we start with the store, with the shop, you, or do we yeah, start, start
3: with the shop? Yeah, you'd start with the store because the coven the coven is a,
1: a much later thing. Okay. So, so the shop. I know that that's how I came into this whole mix. Myself is the shop, even though I never made it to the shop with my agoraphobia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you missed out.
3: I know. The shop was a fantastic no, place. She didn't You'll be- we'll have one again.
2: There will that be one sweet. again one day. Well, let me tell you guys about my first interaction with the shop. So I've been a solitary practitioner for over 20 years. Never did I think I would come in contact with a group that I would be a part of. I knew other pagans. Um, I would associate and hang out with other pagans. But a lot of them I considered to be wackadoodles. And then (laughs) one day I was riding through Huntersville. I worked in Huntersville. And I was riding by and I saw this picture of the lady on the broom. And then I saw spell crashing, and I was like, I'm going to go check that place out. So I stopped by there, and it was closed because it was the evening, and I looked at the hours, made plans to go back because it opened at 10 o'clock in the morning. So 10 o'clock the, sometime the next week, I'm standing there at the door, and there's no one there.
0: 10.05 comes,
2: <laughs> and there's no one there eight comes and ten oh eight comes. This is this stuck in my mind. It was so hilarious. Here comes Hadera, all five foot one of her, with a bale of some kind of herb in her hand, talking about five hi five there, one.
0: bacon. What you doing, sugar?
2: And it was instantly, <laughs> instantly, I knew that that was my sister. I mean, that's just that's the mm-hmm. kind of person that Hedera is. You can, you can feel her energy, not just across the room. She was down a hall that was probably 75, 100 foot. And when she burst open the door, there it was coming in front of her. And the vibe of the shop, when you walked in the shop, it was immediately like being home. Because the yeah. items that were in there and the magics that were in the air had been curated. There's no other way to explain it other than somebody, and that's, that's somebody, era took the time to pick each thing at its perfect time and put it in its perfect place and have it there when the perfect person needed it. And it was really, really a magical, magical place. I miss it with all my heart every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Same here.
1: Go ahead, Laurel, Sersha, about the shop. Yeah,
0: Ani. So, so, our experience was a little bit different. So we we we're really witchlings, even though we are in our fifties. Um, when we moved to North Carolina. Um, we 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 knew we were very spiritual people but we'd never found a true home so um we Angie um Piersha actually found um a Facebook post from uh Laughing Brook about classes and it was witchcraft 101 and we yes. Immediately signed up for it, and we fell in love with the shot, with the information that we got. The, the, the teacher, of course, Hadara, was quite mesmerizing, even though we felt like we were in a 300 level class, um, and it was <laughs> just an introduction. But we left there with our mind blown and just we talked all the way home. We live in Gastonia and so we were just like all the way home. And it was just, it was that spark that we needed. And we've been practicing, we truly know who we are now and that's all because of the Hadera. She's wonderful.
3: Was I, I have a so, question, Laurel. Oh yes. sorry. Okay. Oh I was asking if I was asking if I was in that first class of yours or was I in um like the second or like did you meet me that same day?
0: No. You came later. Bro. because okay. we were um we we always get in trouble when we were in class together.
3: <laughs> for, okay, so for context, dear listeners, um, Laurel and Saoirse are my dearest aunties. I have a bunch of different aunties, and they are, I think, the only mated pair. Um,
0: but they – are you laughing at me? We're anyway. laughing with you. Oh, sure. <laughs> um
3: so yeah, they are my they are my dearest aunties, and we met in class. And I'm sh- Laura Laura will tell you how we met.
1: Well, I I haven't. <laughs> laura Laurel, tell tell us how you met, and then I then I wanted to go on to the next question. I'm sorry, I'm pushing the the, the questions forward instead of letting this happen organically. Laura, how did you meet her? <laughs> <Wait, laughs> ne- Neve, you start, please.
0: No. <laughs>
3: okay um so we i i sat in on mom would have okay mom Hedera Hedera would have classes um quarterly she would have the witches 101 which would happen 4 times a year and then she would have sabbath classes so that would be 8 times a year then she would have espite rituals um which would be 12 to 13 times a year and then she would have uh elemental classes and um other types of classes throughout the year so I mean, a lot of the time, we would end up having, like, sometimes a class a week or a class every other week. Um, but they were very, very frequent. And because I was – I want to say I was 14 when the shop opened. No, I was 15. Something like that. I don't know. I was in high school. Um, but I basically lived um, all of my spare time and even not spare time because I would skip class and I would mm-hmm. – I would be at the shop – and I would never get in trouble um -hmm. but I would spend all of my time there oh shush (laughs) um and so uh she would have classes and I would sit in mama's classes and I I don't know if anybody else would agree with this but some some a lot of people say that I am just like my mother and that I run my mouth and so (laughs) I I,
2: heard.
0: (laughs)
3: and so I whenever mom would make some kind of grandiose statement or something I would mumble something under my breath or never never like never like oh my god she's so wrong about that she doesn't know what she's talking about never that it was never that it was always just like side commentary just shit that I would think in my head and I would just speak it out loud but I would mumble it under my uh under my breath and I always happened to be sitting next to or in between sirsha and Laurel, and I would make them <laughs> – and it was an accident at first, but then they kept showing up at class. I was like, I'm going to sit next to the, to the two who think I'm the funniest. Um, <laughs> so then I'd sit next to them and intentionally, um, like, make jokes, crack jokes to make them laugh. And I would get and i I'd, I'd get them rolling. Them and Christina Salazar, who is not on tonight, yeah. but um I would get the three of well, them laughing so hard <laughs> that mom well, would and it us sounds, and get yeah. mad.
1: We would it get sounds the like worst. Looks. The name.
0: Go ahead. Yes. Yes. We would get the worst looks though from Hadera because we didn't mean to, but we were disrupting her train of thought and um She oh. always threatened to separate us. Always. <laughs> always.
1: Well, maybe she should have named the, the shop Train of Thought Brook instead of Laughing Brook because exactly. the intent the intent was but, was laughter. It sounds like yeah. that's great. Because laughter is the energy. <laughs>
3: Wow. I was de- there So the reason why I am called the lead antagonist is for the same reason that I am so close with Cirsha and Laurel is that I try very hard. Not okay. Not that all of my jokes are like I don't know. I I I like to think of it, myself as the as the jokester in her classes.
0: And oh, but on it, the wasn't, show. I it don't know. wasn't. It wasn't what you said. It would be what was how it? you said it, or oh. <laughs> the expressions you would have when you said it.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please, but so, anyway, about we're getting off track. Experience. Go ahead, let me anyway. tell you guys about my experience when I first met Neve. Oh God. So, at the shop was a community altar. And it is the thing that I miss the most. It was the most wonderful altar. It had everything on it. I don't know how many people had set stuff up there. But I'm sitting in the shop one day. I think I was on witch sitting duty. But in Pops Neve, and she comes into the room where the altar was. And I don't know what she had in her hand. Maybe cedar. I don't know. But she lit it up. And this witch starts smoking herself. I mean, she's lifting up feet and holding her arms out, and there's smoke going everywhere. And I didn't say a word. I just pulled out my mental pad in my mind and put, do not mess with this witch here, right on that (laughs) paper. I don't know what she was doing, but she was smoking it up.
0: I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) I don't recall.
2: (laughs) I remember like yesterday.
1: My my experience, I never made it to the shop, but I had um, I was doing the podcast uh, with Pagans Tonight for years, and I've interviewed Wendy Roll a few times, and she I I haven't i there's very few of the artists that I that I interviewed and authors that I've actually got a chance to meet, and I was really looking forward to meeting Wendy. Uh, she and I are like a, a week apart in our birthdays, and. Uh, she was coming to do to do a, a thing at the shop, and I paid for my to go into t- the class, and I was so excited, but I was nervous about my um, my agoraphobia. And let me tell you that the 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 hardest part about agoraphobia is the embarrassment. The fact that you know people are like, well, you just live an hour away. What's the big deal? And I used to be that person. I I came from from Germany to the United States by myself when I was 18 years old, with a backpack and a and a side bag, and you know off on the next adventure, uh, driving across the United States, pregnant, all my own. Uh, but now. Going 20 minutes away from my house, you know, sends me into a panic and not just a, Oh, I'm really nervous. A a total freak out. So here I am trying to make a a good impression on the shop, making a good impression on Wendy, really looking forward to this, getting this in my mind that I can do this. And I hit the wall just as we, Hmm. we were like right next to Huntersville. And I I couldn't do it. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I called up and I'm in tears. And just the understanding from the shot, you know, there was no what? Okay. There was no judgment. There was care. There was concern. There was a, you know, we understand. Don't worry about it. And yeah. So I, I haven't been to the shop, but I've experienced at least a little bit of what you guys have. So, and I am jealous. Eventually this this will <laughs> be a a shop again. But let's I'm going to jump ahead with I was going to talk uh, ask one of the other questions. She's given me a list of questions and I was going to try to do them in order, but this leads into organically where did we go from, you know, back to the history, where do we go from the shop to the incarnation of the various groups and pods and segments of of the village now?
2: The village was born from a Facebook group, and it was born out of the same things you just mentioned, the caring and the lack of judgment and the want to protect is exactly what it was birthed from, a place a safe space for pagans everywhere.
0: Because that's very important. Was, the shop mm-hmm. was one of those where you met people that you'd never seen before, but you had you already had a bond with them. And you already mm-hmm. cared about them. Because they would come in and they'd say, hello, witches, how are you? You know, or (laughs) it was just, it was, as soon as you walked in, you knew you were welcome. And I think Mm -hmm. the Facebook group said the same thing without having a physical store.
1: So, so what happened from you know, there is the store and the Facebook group came before the COVID because the store there was an incident. You know, the store um who wants to talk about that? Of why the store nobody really wants to talk it. about it, but <laughs> I can talk about it. Yeah.
3: I can do it. Um Uh, So the shop incident, why the shop is not a physical manifestation at the moment, um, is last, not last, two Februaries ago, I think now, um, there was a fire, let me see if I have the date while I tell the story, um, there was a fire and started, I think the time stamp was within the half hour after we closed our doors. Um, and the prognosis, what we, what it ended up being, not the prognosis, uh, was that um, there was faulty wiring in the building, the negligent and malevolent landlord that we had. Slumlord. Uh, who shall name, yeah, slumlord, who shall rename nameless. Uh, his name is Charles Gignard. Um, he he would routinely. He's a very pedophilic man. I hate him. Um, and he would routinely hire uh, non-licensed, unlicensed uh, electricians to work on the building. And the this one in particular apparently got something wrong. Um, in the walls behind the yeah, community center altar. Yeah. So he so the fire caught I think around 8 o'clock. I might be getting the timestamp stamp wrong on that. But um, it was long enough that the, it craw- the fire uh, crawled up the inside of the wall to the roof and then settled in the roof and covered the top of the building and destroyed I think three businesses in that hall mm. in that building. Unfortunately didn't get to um, Catholic Pizza who um, nothing against Catholics except that this one specific uh, restaurant was full of Asshole. a bunch of racists they, they were full of racists and um, they would constantly send uh very, very aggressive and hostile and abusive people over to us um, to harass and Mm -hmm. and assault us on a regular basis. So, uh, no, they were not kind people um, at all. And they'll tell their customers, um, when customers ask, what happened to the witch store? They tell um, their customers that, like, we, we burned it down from Satanism and stuff like that. Um, they just don't yes. know what a business we're going to come back
2: with.
1: Well, yeah, we found a witch store. maybe we burn us? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you would think that they would pride themselves as being the ones that would burn a witch store. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're
2: the very complete proud of o- opposite of compassion and judgment-free and welcoming. The complete opposite.
3: Anyway, so well, yeah, the that was two years ago. Now, um, for a while, the GoFundMe is still up to put uh, uh, to get us into a new location. The problem, though, is that um, as soon as the shop burned down, uh, my mother's health health also uh, took a turn for the worse, um, and her uh, the divorce that she was having with my abusive father. Um, was getting to be a huge toll on her physically and mentally so and then all the locations that we had picked out that we were in co- like conference with the um, real estate agents and um, we we had one specific place that we were looking at on uh, Old Statesville Road on 115 and it was gorgeous and we loved it so much, um, and we were settling on that place. We were putting in, um, we were putting in offers, and, uh, but the the thing is, is that we were going to put down, I think, a 50 grand uh, down payment, and then uh, try, we were going to lease it after that, so a lease to own with a 50 grand down payment, and, but the problem with the lease to own is that the real estate agent, discur- like, she, she won't get a cut of that, of the of any kind of sale uh, price because you're not selling it, and so she um, decided to tell the owner, um, mm. like stuff that like rumors and stuff that she had been fed from Catholic Pizza about us, and so she told wow. this uh like old like ninety five year old woman who owned this house. This woman owned like three properties, and her husband was dying, so she wanted to sell the properties so she could focus on him, and so the real estate agent. Um, told her all types of horrible, horrible things about us, and so, um, uh, this lady, how do we, how do you say, canceled the, thing? yeah, so we she right. shut down this any room kind room of conversation.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so let me rather than because we're we're going into dark places here, and I didn't want yeah. to 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 focus on it, uh, but it is an important part because if life was all happy and and care bears and and flowers and butterflies then we wouldn't be who we are everybody who comes to that store comes there wounded needing healing and Mm -hmm. i think it's very telling that you know the store um had the big attack and then uh hedera started struggling with with her you know with 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 this uh, genetic fun (laughs) superpower that we have. Um, But I I honestly think, I think about what Amen was saying about showing up and and it it wasn't open and it wasn't until it was meant to be open. You know, it's a very magical thing uh, that stuff happens on magic time, not necessarily on the time that we want things to happen. And the fact that that hit when it hit, it Mm -hmm. didn't really phase the community because I remember after that hit, we had the community. I don't want to get into negativity again, but I know that the community had a lot of the, the, the greater community, not necessarily the coven, but I know the greater community in your area had some struggles Um, and Hedera, Mm you know, stepped up as a leader with a calm head and, Mm -hmm from that formed into this online community of of the village laughing brook that has different segments uh we'll go into the different pods later but i wanted to go back to when everybody could get together Uh, when everybody could get together you talked about the altar um i'd like to hear this from from the different viewpoints of um of, of the three, I'm going to split you into Laurel and, and Sarasha being a, a entity in this. <laughs> so we'll go from uh, Eamon to Laura and Saoirse to, um, to Neve. But from Eamon, you practiced for years as a solitary practitioner. What was it like to finally do ritual with the group that you felt you belonged to? What was ritual
2: like? I never did. I I still – You never did? I don't don't know if you know, but I'm brand new to the actual coven part of Laughing Brook. I have not – I would not do ritual with anyone else. I didn't feel that I could – I opened myself up so spiritually during times like that that it wasn't until I found this group of people who said, hey, come with us that I could accept that invitation. So COVID's got me fucked up right now, but that day's coming. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of this specific group.
1: That's awesome. Okay, so Neve, you were raised in this. (laughs) Yes. Tell us about ritual.
3: (laughs) Um, Yes, I was raised in this. Um, Oh, God, that's hard to... So, okay, so the way I have to explain the way my family does uh, ritual tradition is that we are primarily solitary practitioners and we do our, okay, so the way we have it work, Sabbaths and Esbats are how uh, we distinguish what we're going to do for ritual slash spell work. Um, that Sabbaths, um, because they're primarily used uh, as markers of the agricultural cycle and the solar cycle. Um, Those were the celebrations that you did with the community and with the village, Mm -hmm. village meaning like lowercase village. This is like any kind of locale, not specifically the Charlotte Mecklenburg area. Um, Right. So those were our, those were the community events. That's when we would have belting. That's when we would have Samhain, um, All different types of community led um, activities and festivals and celebrations, um, circles and whatnot, uh, sporting games and pan races, like beautiful, beautiful stuff like that. Whereas the espits, the espits, because they mark the cycle of the moon, the moon, the lunar holidays were when we did our solitary work. And so that's who we were as. That's when we did stuff as witches. Witches were the the spell work and the solitary work. And then, as a pagan, that you did your stuff as a community. That was how you marked the calendar and the changing of the seasons. And um,
2: mm-hmm. whereas
3: the lunar was the changing of the self. So, um, so I never really did um, spell work with other people unless it was for specific events. Um, I mostly did them on my own and so did my mom. And then when the shop came into being and we started having classes and rituals and um, a com- combination events like uh, that, mom will call them clituals, which is very crude. Woohoo! Um,
1: yeah. Clituals.
3: <laughs> um, so then those were, those were rituals where mom was sh- where she would teach like what the holiday was, like what we were. And so there's one specific one. I'm not sure. Sh- I think Laurel, Laurel and Searsha were there, that one, but it was a Lissa um, moon yes. holiday. Yes. And it was, yes. it was because the, the lunar class, the lunar, the espit fell on the same day as the Sabbath. And so mom had a clitual, a class ritual for that uh, really big um, coinciding of holidays. And the class itself was about naming and how we devote sacred, uh, devote ourselves to our names and how our names are like um, work our way into our being and how our being changes. And Mm -hmm. so with the class, I think that she, we had a much more, um, like, instruction-type, like, structure so that people could see what ritual looks like and, like, what espets and what sabbats look like uh, for us and how they can uh, create a framework for themselves so they can develop their own thing on their own or if they really like working uh, in a group, then they can work as a group. That's not to say that we didn't do spell work as a group. We absolutely did, but it just became much more... Uh, common once the once we had like a, a bigger audience, not a bigger audience, but a bigger group of people to do it with, like a more regular group of people to do it with. Because like in right. the first That's community few months, built.
0: exactly, That's community as the built.
3: community built, we were able to build more like constant seats, like Laurel and Searsha occupied every single class and ritual that they could. And so, to the point where, like, I just had their phone numbers. Like, hey, I'm gonna pick up some burritos on the w- on the way to class. You want anything? You know, like <laughs> pick them up some food or something. Um, but it just it just became such a familial thing. Like, I would show up to uh, class in my pajamas with a styrofoam cup of booze, and I was like 16, so nobody needed to know. Um, I remember that, but like it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a comfortable it was such a comfortable thing that people could come as they wanted oh my god there is one that i think um a lot of listeners would find really really fun we had a day where we watched um the witch the, the, the witch the yeah. witch yes. and <laughs> and yeah they, they laurel and so should remember so what happened was we tried to put on this movie we had a projector we projected um the vavitch into our uh, classroom, into our class ritual space, but our sound wasn't working, and so we put on <laughs> subtitles. And each and each of us took a character, and we acted out the <laughs> Vavich like as it was playing, and it was hysterical because we all tried to choose roles that were completely analogous to our um, to our actual people. So, like um, awesome. w- William, the the gruffy dad was this like high-pitched uh 24 year old girl voice and um like who else I think that I was
1: both twins at the same time you were but 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 that's that's energy see that's the thing is is the importance of things like that creates that Mm -hmm. energy and creates that that connection um, mm-hmm. And it should not be looked down upon as not part of a ritual. And I'm not saying you do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to tell, you know, people who are listening that are not part of a community like this. Um, yeah. One of the best, uh, I remember going into a ritual that that I was uh, leading and I was trying to, everybody was talking, everybody was excited, all this energy was scattered and everything. And I, I had them sing row, row, row your boat as a, as a round. Yeah. yeah. And, before we, before we entered circle and everyone's like, why did it do Because it got people working together. It got people, you know, concentrating music is, is a way wow. to, you know, to bring people together. Um mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and so things like what you're saying are, are very important and it may seem odd to people, but they, they are uh, part of ritual. <laughs> um, I think
3: that a, Oh, one sec. I think that uh, a common misconception for a lot of new witches and Laurel and Cirsha can probably tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. By the way, you're not witchlings. You guys are experienced (laughs) women and witches, and absolutely not newbies. And I was you introduced (laughs) yourselves as newbies, and I was offended. Anyway, no. But
0: um, when we first (laughs) met Adara, we were. Well, not anymore, queens. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. That's
1: wonderful. Anyway, Wendy cackling. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
3: so I think one of the misconceptions um, that a lot of people have when they uh, about what a coven is and what a coven does is that that we only um, meet when we have work to do or actions to be had. Mm-hmm. But um one of my... I'm sure that happens. And sure, we get together when we have espets and sabbaths. But, like, my favorite, uh, like, togethers are the ones that we're, we're... The purpose of being together is just being together. Like, that's exactly. the reason that we're... Yeah. yeah. And it's not so... And it it may not be for a holiday, but it may just be because it's Sunday and I'm hungry. Can someone, can we get the group together yeah. because I want food and I don't want to make it.
0: I'm um, never on oh, yeah, podcast. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so yeah, well, Laurel and Visha
1: <laughs> who've had no experience with ritual before, because you said that you were spiritual. But you had you didn't have the structure of what, uh, paganism, witchcraft, etc. What, what was it like, to be introduced to it, and what was your experience with it?
0: Well, we were first introduced to it, as Navey said, in a quintual, um at Lissa, <laughs> and. It was it was overwhelming and calming at the same time. I don't know any other way to explain it is you know, I just I felt like I was home. I was looking forward to what was gonna happen next and the focus of the whole ritual the, the the way that Hadera brought the energy to focus the ritual to me was just awe-inspiring. I don't know any other way to describe it because it was my first ritual. It was excitement and a realization of, oh, my God, this is what I've been missing my whole life. Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. And then, wow, um i I participated in in a ritual or two more than Kersha because of my alignment with hecate and um so when Hadera had her Hecatejas, um which lasted hours, but they were. They were so, oh my gosh, they take your breath away and you feel so connected. And, and you leave there knowing that you connected with your goddess and you made offerings and, and you knew when you walked out of there that your goddess was right there by your side. And to share that with a group of people of of like-mindedness, I mean, ritual would end, but everybody stayed and just talked. I think I got home at 3 in the morning because we just didn't want to leave. It was... Hmm. Her rituals are so phenomenal, and they stay with you for days. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time going to sleep after a ritual because (laughs) my mind is just swirling with all of the information. It's like I redo the whole ritual all over again, and it feels so good. Mhm. I mean, yeah. Awesome,
1: awesome. I I yeah. miss that. I miss that. Um, I'm hoping, like I said, maybe we can try to get something, uh, here on the podcast. Uh, I I hope that Hadera might be listening when she can and say, "Aha!" <laughs> it's Let's do
3: that. it's that's a really okay. So.
1: I think that one of
3: the obstacles to doing something like I, I know that she would want to and I know that she probably will. I think that one of the obstacles to recreating that same feeling though is that like when we're in a room there's just this electromagnetism that happens. And oh, yeah. like because we have the incense going, we have the room climate, like the the climate is perfect and um, like the, like, you can just, like, when people say vibes, like, I'm not just saying that because I'm a youngster, but, like, the, like, you can feel no, the understand. air in
1: the,
3: you can feel the air I, in the room flexing around you, and oh, yeah. I, I totally I understand,
1: it, and I, 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 I totally understand, and I think that it's possible to try, because, yeah. Because, well, one of the next questions is why are paying communities and networks so important now? And is ritual, mm-hmm. let's let's go ahead and throw that in there. Is ritual an important part of, you know, if we can't meet in person, is ritual an important part to keep that community? Is, do you yeah. need to have ritual to have community? Because Ava said, you know, you haven't had that ritual with the group yet, but you're still part of the group. Right? This is still very live and vibrant and a ritual, real thing
2: to ritual you. Ritual grows community for sure. For sure. It's there a you way go. to get closer. It's a way to get closer. It's a way to get more intimate. The intimacy that's there is hard to explain. It's hard to explain to the feeling when you sit amongst the gods with other people. I you know what I'm saying? And I'm I want it yeah. really bad. I know what's there. I just hadn't been a part of it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'm um, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to bring this question up, and I guess I'm going to ask Cirsha first, and and I guess we'll we'll talk about this, you know, amongst ourselves. <laughs> but I'm going to ask Cirsha, oath, what is an why is an oath a, a big thing? Why? What does oath mean to you? If this is are too much of a question, you can deflect to... it if you want to. Because <laughs> I believe this well, you... your feet.
0: Are you referring to an oath to my goddess, an oath to my coven? Yes, yes. All of the above. Okay. Um, my oath to my goddess. Is a two way street. Um, I feel like. Um, I feel like. I'm hearing whispering sorry, in just, the background. Yes. You were cheating. <laughs> no cheating, yes. Laurel. I hear you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She, she's trying to lead me in a direction that I'm going on later. Um, That's, not That's not her decision, it's not her question. <laughs> um but my oath to my goddess as I was saying is a is a two-way street. I let her know what I need and she lets me know how I can achieve it. Not necessarily how she just hands it to me. You it, better
2: preach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it's oh God, it's It's, I've made this oath to you that I will come to you when I need help. And what she gives me back is how I can do it for myself and how she is the inspiration behind what I'm trying to achieve.
1: I I hear that. I heard that. I'm going to say something. I'm going to go ahead and and step in real quick to this. This is one thing that's different. One of the big differences between um, Christianity and paganism is Christians pray to a god as an intermediary. God, give me this. God, Mm -hmm. do this for me. Whereas, like, what you're saying with the oath, you're saying... Goddess, I need your help. And Goddess says, okay, this is what you need to do. You know, it's not, I'm going to do this for you.
0: Right. That is such a big difference, and it is so empowering.
1: And this concludes the first part of the show about Village Laughing Brook, House Laughing Brook. Join us again tomorrow as we complete this conversation on the witching hour spell cast